ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Welcome to Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western hunting. Hey guys, welcome to Tap Tuesday, brought to you by Titanium Archery Products. Dedicated archers deserve truly elite products that provide all of the performance attributes that they demand, and that's exactly what Tap delivers. This week, I sit down with Travis Avery of Sawyer Products. Enjoy the episode. So we're on with Travis Avery of Sawyer <coughs> Products. Travis, good evening, man. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to sit down with me. Welcome. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yes, sir. So um, let's drop right into it, man. Let's uh, just give everybody a little bit of an intro. Tell us about yourself, and then we'll drop right into Sawyer and talk some uh, stuff pertinent to our pursuits in the uh, backcountry and the tree stands in the woods in general. Right on. Uh, my name's Travis. Uh, um, I've, uh, I've been working with Sawyer for a number of years now. I went uh, full-time in 2006. Um, the company's uh, based in uh, Tampa Bay, Florida, in the Tampa Bay area, I should say. And uh, we started it with one product and expanded from there. And now our four major product categories are water filtration, insect repellent, sunscreen, and first aid. Um, and uh, at this point, we're most well-known for our water filtration and our insect repellents. The insect repellent is a game changer, <laughs> but we'll get into that, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. So what's your, uh, you have any outdoor background? I mean, fishing, hunting, what's, what's your outdoor experience? Yeah, so I definitely dabbled in both. Uh, um, uh, uh, there wasn't a, a ton of uh, hiking in uh, the Tampa Bay area in Florida growing up. Um, now I live up in Michigan, so now I get to explore uh, a bunch of different outdoor activities, and I've uh, even dabbled uh, in you know, waterfowl and whitetail and whatnot, and uh, uh, getting more into uh, a little bit of hunting up in the Upper Peninsula uh, as I get to spend more time up there, but uh, just kind of a, a classic 
blend of all kinds of outdoor activities. Nice. And, and Florida is kind of the right place for that, man. I mean, between the fishing and mm-hmm. the, the turkey hunting is exceptional. The deer, um, you guys got jungles down there. It's, uh, it's, it's interesting hunting, but yeah, you got a, a blend of everything there. Yeah. So why don't we get a little background on Sawyer, um, how it started, when it started, where it started and, and the focus sure. of that time. And then we'll get into, uh, the stuff that makes our skin crawl. Cool. Um, so yeah, uh, Sawyer was uh, established in uh, 1984 with our snake bite uh, extractor kit, the extractor. Um, and uh, from there, uh, we expanded into uh, sunscreens and insect repellents uh, uh, with the, uh, one of the big um, uh, products for us. We were the one of the main suppliers of sunscreen to the original uh, Desert Storm. And... Uh, um, that allowed us to expand our distribution and then uh, get into insect repellents as well. Um, and uh, so we started um, uh, with topical insect repellents and got into uh, fabric insect repellents. And so now kind of we have those two uh, big categories uh, within that, um, our fabric insect repellent. Um, um, uh, we've been selling uh, to the U.S. military for a number of years. Um, you know, they use that to treat their uh, military uniforms uh, and other uh, fabrics. Um, and uh, now we've expanded our uh, topical insect repellents into a variety of different formulas, uh, depending on your preference and uh, where you're going. And uh, then the last product category we got into was our water filtration. And uh, um, even though some people, that is the only way they know us. So when we got into the water filtration space, the majority of water filters out there um, were, you know, big, heavy pump systems or chemical systems or ceramic systems that required a significant amount of force to force your water through these, you know, various uh, uh, membranes or uh, material uh, to filter out, um, you know, the pathogens and particulates. And um, uh, this water filtration is hollow fibers that uh, we were able to develop the technology uh, and the fibers that we use were originally developed for kidney dialysis. Um, and uh, we were able to use that high level of filtration uh, with very robust fibers to not only filter out very quickly, but also have a very long lifespan. Um, so um, our full-size water filters uh, now come with a lifetime warranty and our opening uh, uh, models um, you know, are rated up to 100,000 gallons. That... I- Okay, so let's let's jump into water since since we touched on that a little more than anything. So one yeah. of the things that you know, in talking to you guys, and, and like I've said, I I've used Sawyer filtration for a long time now. Um, I couldn't really put a number on it, but I have the squeeze system, and then I've you know got inline made inline filters and made my own tweaks to it, which is pretty cool with some of the stuff you guys sell that you're able to do that. You know, for the Camelbacks and the hydration packs or whatnot. Um, but one of the things that, that I was taken back by not, not only the risk that we have, you know, in the back country or in, you know, in the woods anywhere, um, is how big water filtration or the importance of water filtration, not just in our pursuits in the outdoors, but how big it is worldwide. Um, I was, I was floored. I'm thinking, you know, when I think water filtration for me, I'm thinking of like Giardia. Um, but worldwide, 3.4 million deaths, and it's the leading cause of disease and death in the world. Um, I was floored by that. 
I, yeah, it's pretty substantial. Yeah, no clue. So let's get into a little bit of that. I think that might parlay into like maybe Sawyer International, but um, you guys are having a huge effect in, I think it's 80 developing countries or something like that. So why don't you tell us? Yeah, we're, yeah. I'd be happy to expand on that. So yeah, um, uh, so um, uh, just to kind of segue that all back together, um, you know, when we first introduced these filters onto the market, um, you know, they were um, uh, as soon as kind of they they the market caught up to what they were. Um, uh, we won, you know, editor's choice from Backpack Magazine, and uh, um, the the shift in technology really started to make a difference. And so once we realized how impactful these filters could be, you know, for domestic use, we certainly realized that they could have even uh, far more impactful uh, difference overseas. And so um, uh, we quickly started uh, working with various charities and organizations and NGOs and uh, governments to uh, see how we could use this filter technology. And so, uh, you know, one of the main uh, ways we use it is this uh, very similar filter to what you have, your squeeze filter, but we just use different uh, adapters and components. And we make these basically low-cost, long-lifespan gravity filters um, that uh, people in developing countries can use for their, you know, daily water. And uh, some of these filters have been in consistent daily use for over 10 years now. So when we try... When we translate that into impact, I mean, can you translate that to impact? And and are there analytics, I guess, to, to oh, see yeah. the effects uh, of so, that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so um, we've got a variety of different ongoing studies that are happening, uh, but our two biggest ones that we cite currently um, are um, some ongoing studies that we have both in Liberia and in Fiji. Um, uh, in Fiji, uh, if you want to get right into the stats, um, uh, Fiji, uh, basically, we knew that not only just having clean water was going to make a difference, but um, uh, what what is the measurable difference? So basically, we had uh, we helped uh, uh, put on a study that measured the socioeconomic impact of just having clean water. So now these uh, families and kids especially are um, uh, getting more nutrients. So not only are the uh, chances of them uh, living higher, they're healthier, they're missing less days of school. Parents are missing less days of work uh, attending to their kids or taking to the hospital. There's less travel and medical expense. Um, so um, uh, we found that just by having uh, one of our water filters in a family home could save a Fijian family over $600 a year, which is uh, a pretty impactful when their average monthly income is $400. Yeah, I was going to say $600 to Americans, most Americans. Yeah, that's uh, converted currency. So, um, uh, so yes, yeah, so it's, it's a huge impact. And on top of that, it's reducing diarrhea by over 95% in kids. Um, uh, and so it's just making these huge differences uh, on, on top of um, just uh, making them feel healthier. It's... Uh, that noticeably impactful. That's awesome. And that's something that I think we in the States take for granted is the availability of clean water and not having to go and source our own water. It's something that we Absolutely. really don't, we, I don't even know that we place value on it. So to, like I said, to read it and to think about it and to see it, I mean, it's just an eye opener, man. Absolutely. Yeah. And the amount of time people, um, and often women especially uh, travel to go um, uh, get buckets of water or whatever their transportation vessel is, uh, uh, walking to and from, uh, um, you know, we're talking 
uh, hours a day. And, and overall world health, I mean, water without, without water. I mean, that is our makeup, right? Without water, Mm -hmm. you don't have good health. I mean, there's no if, ands or buts about it. Um, That's huge. So that, yeah. yeah. When I started reading that, man, like I said, I I was excited. It made me more excited to learn more when I saw that. It was just that, that type of impact is phenomenal to me. Yeah. No, we we uh, we couldn't agree more, and uh, that's exactly how we felt as soon as we realized what we could be doing. And uh, so, uh, right now, we're working with uh, over thirty charities in eighty countries. And uh, uh, you know, not to jump to the gun, but you can, we have a really cool interactive map on our uh, international site, international.sawyer.com, where you can see uh, the various uh, charities and organizations working in these various locations and uh, get updates and just kind of see the progress. But uh, you're absolutely correct. It's uh, very common in developed countries to, uh, to take it for granted. We can very easily get distracted uh, with other things. Yeah, definitely. Um, so let's pull it back to home. Um, and as far as I know, the most common intestinal parasite in the U.S. that we're protecting ourselves from in the backcountry or in the woods, however you look at it, or however you say it, is is Giardia. Um, so if you have that, you know, info on that microorganism and why we should protect ourselves and what, you know, um, what the filters do to help do that, um, I'll yeah. let you take that over. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, that is definitely one of the uh, the the most common uh, bacteria uh, found in wilderness water. Um, uh, yeah. Um, f- fortunately, uh, the water systems in the United States, um, uh, outside of the aging infrastructure, are uh, is actually not that bad uh, on a global scale. You know, we don't really have viruses here in the water, and uh, um, uh, until I don't want to say until recently, but um, uh, less. Uh, lower levels of uh, chemicals and pesticides in the water, though we now are uh, newer water filtration systems that can uh, uh, remove those as well. Uh, but for the most part in wilderness water, and certainly for people uh, out uh, hunting or uh, remote hunting, um, you know, a lot of the times it's just uh, uh, waterborne pathogens. Uh, so basically uh, microscopic organisms that uh, live in the water sources and um, uh, our filters use hollow fiber membranes that have pores on them that are 0.1 microns in size. So our filters are 0.1 microns absolutes. That means no pore on these uh, fibers is larger than 0.1 microns. So we can mechanically filter out these um, pathogens and particulate just uh, through the filtration process. And so um, that's how our filters can be routinely um, uh, used for so long is you basically just backwash them uh, with clean water uh, after you've been using your filter. Maybe your flow rate starts to slow down or you get back from your trip. You backwash clean water through the filter and you can flush out all that particulate pathogens that you had filtered out. And, um, that is how our filters can last so long. So in comparison, right, for us laymen, 0.1 microns. I mean, are we talking a human hair, thinner than a human hair? Thinner. Thinner. Wow. Um, so, you know, we talked about the, the, uh, Giardia in that, um, but there's different protozoa, um, in that. So what are some of the other things? I know cholera and typhoid are some of the things you guys. Salmonella, um, uh, another common one that you'll uh, hear about or see is a uh, cryptosporidium. Uh, um, uh, those protozoa are, are very difficult, um, uh, to get out. 
um, um, uh, I think you said cholera. Um, those are kind of the, some of the big uh, heavy hitters. Um, uh, to, uh, you're, we're even starting to see more, you know, even just microplastics are showing up in um, uh, the water sources, which um, we're happy to say that we're one of the few filters that can remove 100% of microplastics. And, and what um, are the so, microplastics? Is that... Um, just from uh, global production, uh, um, all, all the stuff that uh, um, uh, gets flushed on the toilets or uh, in uh, water sources uh, from manufacturing, human consumption, um, all that just uh, doesn't fully get removed from the water sources. And so now they're even in remote locations. Those are showing up in, in water. Wow. That, uh, that human, <laughs> that, that carbon footprint, that human impact. Uh, I didn't expect to hear that one. That's uh, that's interesting. How does that how does that compare or affect us when you start looking at that versus some of the protozoa? Well, I think uh, you know, uh, given your choice, I think people uh, would certainly want to make sure that their filter is getting rid of all of it. Uh, but uh, you know, certainly there's um, a potential for more um, um, disease-ridden and potentially even uh, deadly um, uh, reactions from uh, bacteria and protozoa. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm gonna have now. You, <laughs> my notebook's gonna be full, man. I've taken full interest in this stuff for some odd reason. Um, so, with uh, what are the products? Let's talk about the water filtration products, right? I know for yeah. me, I like I like my squeeze bags um, and that filter. What are some of the other products you guys offer yeah. for that? You know, wilderness water, as you put so, it. Sure. Um, so we basically kind of have. Um, um, our, our, our standard hollow fiber filters, you know, so our, we have our mini, our micro, and our full-size squeeze. Um, and those are basically all, uh, very similar filters that use the same size uh, uh, 0.1 micron fibers. Um, and they basically vary by the, uh, uh, the filter type and the accessories it comes with. But those are your standard filters that, you know, you can use with your collapsible pouch. Uh, they use the uh, quarter-inch uh, nipples on both ends. So if you want to use an inline on hydration pack or make your own gravity system, um, they use the standard 28-millimeter threading. Uh, um, so you can also use it on you know, smart water bottles or other similar uh, pouches or bottles. Uh, they're very versatile, very easy to use. Uh, some of the, um, like our all-in-one kit uh, also has a, a faucet adapter with it, so you can use it at your cabin or if maybe if you get a boil alert um, uh, where you live, uh, so you're not just necessarily restricted to using it uh, um, you know, as an ultralight or uh, on a pouch or bottle. Uh, then we also have, uh, still using our same hollow fiber filters, we also have basically group filters, you know, gravity systems. Um, we have like a like a uh, full retail right now is around forty bucks for a one gallon gravity system that can filter one gallon in as little as seven minutes, and then the uh, newest and that one comes in a single bag or dual bag version. Um, but our newest water filters and purifiers are our Select series, um, and basically uh, those are our latest and greatest filters for uh, where there is higher levels of water contamination. Uh, so uh, basically, uh, they're foam filters. It's a two-stage filter with one of our um, hollow fiber filters on top. And so now we can uh, even remove chemicals, pesticides, herbicides, uh, heavy metals, and more uh, with these uh, fancy new uh, foam filters uh, where you basically they come in a silicone bottle and uh, you scoop up the water in the bottle, put the filter back on top, 
and then you massage the bottle for 10 seconds. And that's enough to force the water through the foam media inside the silicone bottle uh, and remove all those uh, other additive wow. chemicals and pesticides or anything. So with one of the things that, and I've done it, right? And, and to a point I've suffered from doing it, um, where I'll go and, you know, I'll start running low on water. Um, I'll, you know, grab either my, one of my squeeze bags or, you know, even my, I carry actually an extra three liter at this point from it. Um, but I've gone and I've scooped water up and, you know, put my inline filter on and I'll drink that water. Um, and then I'll go back and remove my filter, flush my filter, but did not clean that three liter out and went right back into reuse um, you know, maybe a week later or something. Um, I think it made me a little bit sick. Um, I won't get into those details, but what, how does this, the bacteria and the protozoa, how are they as far as surviving? Um, and the reason I'm asking is cause I don't want another guy to go out and do the same thing I did. Yeah. So yeah, basically you're, you're once you, if you're using a, uh, pouch or a larger three liter bladder or whatever you're using, uh, to collect your dirty water, then basically uh, that should be allocated as a dirty bladder. So uh, once it goes through the filter, then the water that comes out of it is you know safe to drink. But you can't one week later go use that same three liter bladder that you put dirty water in before uh, um, and expect it to still be clean before you put the dirty water in it. Now you can you can go back and sanitize the um, uh, pouch or bladder um, uh, with a you know a, a one cap full of bleach per liter of water, slosh that around. You can even run it through the filter. It's a great way to sanitize the filter as well. But uh, for the most part, what people will do, they'll just, you know, you'll have your dedicated uh, dirty bladders and cleaners. So whether you have a dirty pouch that you're always uh, screwing your filter onto or a, a dirty, you know, let's say you're using smart water bottles or whatever, whether you want to sharpie it or just put a piece of black uh, duct tape around it, which is also handy if you ever need some duct tape for something, you basically dedicate your clean versus your dirty vessels. Uh, um, uh, that's the easiest way to distinguish them. Yeah. I learned that one the hard way. <laughs> Cause I mean, that's the unfortunate, well, I shouldn't say unfortunate, but a lot of us do that, right? We get home from a trip and then, you know, three, four days later or the next weekend, if you're a weekend warrior, you know, you're grabbing that bag and you're rolling. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. then, uh, um, then I would just say that you would just simply need to make sure that you, uh, when you scoop that back up with dirty water again, then all you have to do is th throw our filter on the end of yeah. it and then drink the water uh, as you're filtering on the fly. Yeah. My mistake was taking my filter off back flushing it and thinking that I was good with, uh, with that three liter. So, yeah. So like I said, you can very easily sanitize, uh, uh pouches and bottles, um, just one cap full of bleach per liter of water. So uh, uh, definitely uh, both options. But yeah, you definitely want to be mindful of what uh, is uh, has been contaminated and what's clean. Just like you want to make sure that uh, you know, or if whether you're if you're not drinking directly out of it, or even if you are, but more so when you're filling up other whether it's pots and pans or someone else's uh, uh, cup or your own cup, uh, you want to make sure you're not cross contaminating either by you know letting stuff from the side of the bag or whatever drip into your clean canteen because then that can also become contaminated just from having um, um, uh, uh, contaminated water in it. So you brought up something there. Um, how? So if I have three liters just for a number and I 
and I'm filtering and I get, you know, I have water dripping from my squeeze bag and it goes into my clean somehow um, without passing through that filter. If I get three drops in there, I mean, that is that area for concern or how much of that? Uh, I don't know if I'm at liberty to say that. I'm not, uh, um, but I would say that you want to be very, you want to minimize uh, and eliminate uh, cross-contamination right. uh, for maximum uh, health safety. Okay. Understood. So um, mosquitoes and ticks. <laughs> let's start with, let's start yeah. with the mosquitoes. I was recently in Colorado um, scouting for elk and like I told you, man, it felt like there was 2000 mosquitoes around me everywhere I went. Um, when I was in timber, man, it was miserable. Um, shooting 3d up in Oregon, same thing. And, and you're talking in the middle of the day, right? So we yeah. don't, we, we associate typically associate mosquitoes, um, with as a nighttime pest. Dusk. Yep. Right. But reading on it, when I got back from from Colorado, my hands and, and arms and neck were bitten so bad that I started looking at it. And I'm like, man, if, you know, Zika virus, West Nile, things like that we hear, mm-hmm. um, I started looking at it and I'm going, holy uh, Zika, those those daytime biters, that is. They are the ones predominantly that carry that Zika virus. So it freaked me out, man. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Uh, mosquitoes have killed more. Uh, the single highest killer of human beings uh, uh, since uh, uh, the dawn of time. They have killed more humans than humans have killed. Humans. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. No. It's it's crazy. Like so, uh, mosquitoes in the associated diseases that they can transmit uh, are the single uh, leading cause of uh, illness, uh, and, and then followed by uh, water. So you got, we, I know of Zika, West Nile and malaria and malaria probably being the biggest of those killers, um, from, from yeah. a little bit of research that I've done after that experience. Um, yep. Uh, um, uh, uh, but then you also have, you know, West Nile, uh, dengue fever, chikungunya, um, uh, um, uh, a recent study in Germany even, uh, uh showed that, uh, they, uh, we're finding that even Lyme was being transmitted oh, by, wow. by mosquitoes now. That's yeah, that's pretty scary. I mean, when you look at when you look at the people that are bitten by with the West Nile and the Zika, I mean, the, the statistics, at least the t- statistics that I found on CDC are are fairly low as far as people that are actually affected negatively. Right. Fever uh, symptoms like fever and beyond. And it's something like one percent actually see serious fatal or neurological symptoms um and that those numbers would tend to make you feel a little bit comfortable false sense of confidence yeah you get that false sense of security with them but in my experience like i said it felt like you know two thousand mosquitoes i'm taking a lot of chances with those you know what i mean that's it's scary it only takes one you know it's Uh, yeah uh, very very concerning um so what i started using was your was your gear spray and the lotion um so let's talk a little bit about you know the insect repellent and then there's the yeah so you have the permethrin i'm gonna try and get this one right uh picadarin 
Picaridin. Yeah, I was trying to not to uh, uh, dabble into those too much when I was kind of giving you the the spread, the the, the product spread earlier. <laughs> but uh, yes, those kind of at this point, those are, are kind of our two uh, top two sellers. Um, uh, but yeah, so uh, just to reiterate, we basically have them broken down into uh, you know our fabric treatments and then our topical insect repellents. We have a variety of uh, you know uh, deep base insect repellents, uh, uh, you know high uh, deep first as well as you know, Time release twenty percent lotions and time release thirty percent lotions, which are both very popular with the U.S. military. Um, but then the picaridin—that's um, uh, uh, our most recent formula we added to the fold. And uh, since it is gear safe, family safe, safe use on kids, uh, and even during pregnancy, uh, it has kind of um, uh, skyrocketed to our most popular formula. Um, and uh, another reason why the picaridin is. Uh, uh, so well received is because it's effective against uh, mosquitoes, ticks, and even biting flies, which um, uh, a lot of topical insect repellents are effective against flies as well. Yeah, I noticed that the DEET doesn't doesn't seem to do well with the uh, with the flies. I mean, just yeah. Right. So DEET's kind of the gold standard for your kind of high vapor barrier insect repellents. Uh, it's, uh, you know, everyone can just think of the smell uh, just by thinking about it. Everyone's familiar with it. Uh, it does a very good job of keeping um, uh, mosquitoes and other insects uh, far away from you. And uh, you can um, uh, put on a very uh, small amount of it for it to still be effective. Um, uh, whereas this, uh, the Picard formula. Uh, this is derived from uh, piperine and peppers. Uh, this one actually has a minimum threshold in which it needs uh, to be uh, effective. And that's part of the reason why we use a 20% formula and uh, part of the reason why um, our formula works far better than some of the other uh, lower concentration deeds uh, available in the market. So one of the, one of the issues as hunters that we have, right, is odor. Um, we're yep. doing everything we can to control our scent. How does how does that product, I know with the permethrin yeah. or the gear spray, that it, uh, it's odorless once it dries. How is yeah. this in, in that? I thought you were basically just teeing me up for that. Yeah, so the, the Picuridin, uh, we don't add any fragrances to it, so it's still a very low odor formula. Um, but uh, depending on uh, where uh, the person is hunting and what they're hunting might uh, dictate uh, how much they need to be odorless. Um, but yes, the permethrin uh, is kind of... Um, um, uh, our, our top seller. Um, and that is that fabric uh, insect repellent treatment, the stuff that the military loves. Um, it is derived from uh, the pyrethrins, like, so like flowers similar to the chrysanthemum. Uh, and that's a uh, fabric treatment that uh, doesn't harm any fabrics or finishes. Uh, basically, you spray it on um, and uh, after it dries, it's completely odorless and uh, is effective for six weeks or six washes. So it's uh, definitely our most popular uh, formula for uh, hunters, not only because it's odorless, but because they can like treat their clothing and gear uh, once and then it's good for the entire season. So they can treat their hunting gear, their bag. Uh, um, I've got some uh, other great, you know, handy tips. Like you can, uh, if you're treating the, the fabric in your truck, uh, you, if you have like a ground cloth, then you can, let's say you harvest a, a deer after you field dress it, you bring it back to the truck, uh, you throw it on a treated uh, blanket that you just kind of use uh, uh, around, and that'll kill all the ticks that are on the deer. Oh, wow. Um, so, yes, it's a very versatile fabric insect repellent. You can actually even use it to spray your dog directly. So um, a lot of hunting dogs 
are uh, using this more and more as we get the word out there more. Um, and on dogs, it uh, repels uh, mosquitoes and fleas for 35 days and ticks for six weeks. So another great way to make sure your dog is protected, but also not bringing ticks back home. Um, so we're talking chemicals, right? And we live in a time where there's, it seems at least in my eyes, there's more concern with, you know, chemicals and, you know, all those things. I won't get into depth in that. Are there any hazards in use um, when you start looking at the different, uh, with DEET, right? There's been warnings of DEET and, you know, the permethrin, it's killing something. So how, how does that play to us? And what's that, you know, what's our exposure, things like that? Yeah. Uh, so, um, uh, you know, um, very fortunate to re- uh, or happy to report that uh, these the, these chemicals are very well studied and very safe to use. Uh, they are not eligible for any of the uh, uh, Prop 65 warnings that state is famous for. Um, uh, so like I was saying, the, uh, the, the natural version of the chrysanthemum flower, their insect repellent uh, uh, synthesizes in the sun in around 15 minutes, but this um, a synthetic version we were able to replicate uh, once that bonds with the fabric fibers is what's last so long. So once it's in and bonded with the fabric fibers, uh, the amount that will come out through contact or wearing it is indeterminately small. It uh, comes out via the UV exposure is how it breaks down or the heavy agitation of a washing machine. Um, so once it's dried, you don't have to worry at all about it uh, coming out to your you know, clothing, your gears or any cause for concern. So if I'm out there and I have short sleeves on, my neck's exposed, my face is exposed, you guys have some topicals um, available as well. Yep. So basically, like we like to say is that the permethrin uh, should be your first line of defense. The fact that it lasts so long and then, you know, especially like for your hunting clothes when they're not in use, they're most often tucked away uh, from the sun and from uh, odor. So when it's away from the sun uh, and not in use, you're not uh, using up the duration of your insect pellet. So uh, that's one of the reasons why it's a uh, first layer defense, but then that also cuts down on the amount of a topical insect repellent you would need to wear. And then, so depending on uh, where you are, the bug density and location, uh, then you would need uh, a little bit less uh, topical insect repellent to wear in your exposed skin. And that's where our um, um, uh, deep based or precarded based uh, topicals um, are, are very uh, great additions. So, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the site again just so I'm fresh. Yeah. Um, the one that yeah, I like the, the, is the controlled release. So when I reached out yeah. to you guys and I'm like, look, I'm in the woods for 12 hours. Um, you know, what's going, what is going to work? What is going to, so I'm not rubbing yep. this stuff on me. And that yep. family controlled release, talk about that stuff because it is yes. a game changer. Yes. So uh, those are, that's one of our two great uh, time release deep formulas. The the 20% uh, family formula, the 20% controlled release, that's a 20% DEET in a polymer base. And then our 30% is a 30% DEET in a liposome base. And basically, they're uh, uh, two different versions of how you can uh, basically time release uh, this DEET active ingredient on your skin. So, uh, you know, your 20% formula that you like to control the release, basically the DEETs are encapsulated in protein molecules in of varying size. And uh, so throughout the day, as your skin uh, breaks down those protein molecules, it slowly releases more DEET. So um, uh, that's how you get that time release DEET formula. Uh, and that's a, a long protection. So there's reasons that mosquitoes go crazy for us 
um, why, it, it, you know, I could be with, with one buddy and he's like, I got three mosquitoes flying around me. And then I'm with, you know, myself and another, but, and we got a billion mosquitoes around us. What you, do you have the background on that? Do you know what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, uh, uh uh, it's uh, overwhelmingly our, our body chemistry. Um, uh, uh, factors can include your uh, blood type, um, uh, um, certainly a, within a degree uh, what you've eaten. Um, uh, 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 they're largely attracted to the carbon dioxide we exhale or um, sweat out. So um, a physical exertion uh, will increase your likelihood of mosquitoes being able to find you. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it certainly d- it depends on the person and it can certainly vary. Uh, uh, but I am also one of those people that uh, is, seems to be on the more attractive end for mosquitoes. Um, uh, but yeah, a, a blood type uh, and um, uh, carbon dioxide are, are two uh, major factors. So I knew about the carbon dioxide. I'm going to look at this blood type thing. Um, that's, that's pretty interesting, right? I, I mean, does that, ha- and I don't know if you know. Yeah, I think if I'm, it's, I think it's type O is the most attractive uh, to mosquitoes, you know, so a lot of it is outside of our control. So, uh, uh, often you'll have people, people talk about, you know, eating the garlic and whatever, and yes, the, the, to some degree that can help. Uh, but for the most part, these variables are outside of people's control. Right. And so how does... How do these, how do Sawyer products, and you see a lot of, and I've tried it, right? Uh, when I came back bit, someone was like, use uh, uh, lemon oil. I was told lavender, all kind of stuff. How does, how does Sawyer compare to those? To me, those are just, they're blocking an odor. Um, it, it's trying to fool their senses. I don't. Yeah, so um, well, you know, we certainly looked into uh, formulas that uh, use a, a variety of different active ingredients, and we continue to uh, um, pursue other potential formulas, and we're currently pursuing some that we hope to bring to the market. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, Sawyer, what we want to do is only put out you know top notch products, and uh, so the fact that you know some of these you know our topicals are, are uh, effective, you know, from eight to, you know, our Picard in lotion is rated up to 14 hours. Uh, you're, you're not going to get, uh, um, uh, anywhere near that amount of, uh, duration of, uh, effectiveness out of some of those, um, more alternative active ingredients. So that's why we don't necessarily pursue those. And I want, I don't want to keep them away. If they're going to come at me, man, I want them dead. <laughs> well, uh, uh, yeah. And uh, again, that's part of the reason why the permethrin is so great, you know, um, with your treated and gear, not only are you making sure you're protected, but, you know, let's say you have your treated clothing and gear. Let's say you have a tent. Let's say your back patio furniture or your, your camp furniture is all treated. That's going to cut down on the uh, mosquitoes and ticks in your area, not just keep them far enough away to be a nuisance, not to be a nuisance. And, and it's, it's way off, right? I, I'm a tangent. I like tangents. Um, and it's only female mosquitoes that bite us. They need the protein to the produce their eggs, yeah. right? Um, mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty, yeah, it, it's just, this is a kind of one of those things you don't really think about unless you absolutely have to. Yeah. Well, it is uh, pretty interesting, man. So the mosquitoes yeah, are one. I'm actually oh, going to, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say just to just to slightly build off that uh, I'm going through a book right now on mosquitoes uh, um, from uh, this, Timothy Weingard, and uh, he talks about uh, you know how much mosquitoes have even affected history and wars and uh, you know um, uh, changed the outcome. 
of, uh, you know, people such as uh, Alexander the Great. So it's just crazy, you know, how long we've been dealing with this, but yet we still continue to keep learning more and more. Uh, we're finding new diseases, uh, you know, uh, we're finding now if Lyme can even be transmitted, uh, tick populations, uh, if you don't mind me segueing, uh, tick populations are certainly on the rise. Um, they've more than tripled in the past 14 years. We're uh, discovering um, new uh, tick diseases. So it, you know, it's crazy uh, um, the persistence of this issue uh, while also um, continuing to grow more in expanded areas that we didn't think that was possible. Is there, I thought I read something that, that there was a study about, uh, shoot, it was one of the waterborne illnesses or vice versa. Oh man, I, I just, just totally lost my thought. Um, but they were, they were saying, I think it was malaria. They were saying that it can be that they're finding it in mosquitoes, of course, but then even in water, um, in some of those, you know, developing countries. Have you guys <laughs> heard to, or seen anything to, uh, like that? Yeah, I, I'll look into that further because like, I'm uh, um, not as uh, familiar with that as you are. Yeah, and I'm not very familiar with it. <laughs> but it was yeah, I was as I was going through all this and I was like, "Oh man, that's that's absolutely scary." So you started the segue, yeah. man, and the one thing that absolutely I mean, it, it sounds ridiculous. It gives me the EBGBs, the willies, whatever you want to call it is ticks. Um Yeah. When you look at mosquitoes are one thing, but when you look at ticks and their their footprint across just the United States is phenomenal. Um, it is, I think there's only, I want to say it's like nine or 10 States that don't have some form of tick or tick disease that has been found or spread or something of that nature. It's actually, uh, um, uh, uh they've actually been discovered in all 50 States. Now you can catch Lyme in away. States. Every yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a global uh, issue now. Um, uh, they're finding uh, new tick diseases, um, uh, especially uh, with this being hunting oriented, uh, I have to. Uh, uh, are you familiar with Alpha Gal, the the meat allergy? I, you know, I spoke to a gentleman, Clayton Saturday, he's a biologist, and he briefly touched on it months ago. So why don't you give us that? Yeah, so that was uh, um, you know part of our um, uh, education and awareness campaign we did this year. As uh, Lyme disease continues to be uh, more and more significant. Uh, large of a problem uh, we wanted to kind of help spread the word as a lot of people don't uh, uh, really know about ticks and the, the, the precautions needed and uh, um, one of the uh, rising concerns for um, ticks and vector-borne diseases um, is called the alpha gal syndrome and basically that's a, a single bite from the lone star tick uh, can uh, basically create or start a, uh, a chain reaction within the body that uh, results in a, uh, a, a chronic um, uh, meat allergy. So basically you eat protein and, and, and the way it was explained yeah, to me was yeah, It's like red meats. Yep, go ahead. No, 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 no. You're the, you're the guy on it. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Uh, um, uh, so yeah, it, it can, uh, you know, uh, red meats, uh, venison, uh, and a variety of other uh, meats, basically, um, uh, the, uh, it's an irreversible, um, uh, allergy, uh, that all starts with the carbohydrates that uh, gets injected, uh, into your bloodstream, uh, as they burrow into your uh, skin. Wow. 
So what's scary about that, right? Is so I'm on I'm on CDC right now. Here I'm a back. Let me go back mm-hmm. one. And and when I type in you know ticks or whatever, I don't see Alpha Gal on this. Um, and there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen yep. different diseases from ticks, and that's not one of them. Yep, I th- uh, uh, I'd have to hop back on there to see what they have listed ahead of that. Um, uh, again, uh, uh, assumption would be that uh, um, since Alpha Gal is uh, less likely to be uh, uh, fatal than some of these other diseases, which is why the other ones are more prominent or uh, studied. Uh, but yes, uh, Lyme uh, uh, and a lot of these other diseases diseases that are listed ahead of that are at this point more uh, prominent, uh, uh, higher cases of studies uh, um, and uh, frequency of the data. But yeah, uh, alpha-gal is uh, definitely something that's um, uh, newer on the scene and uh, part of the reason why we wanted to uh, help spread the word and uh, uh, perpetuate awareness. Mm -hmm. So you brought up the Lone Star tick, right, which I... in. I believe is is kind of our southwest region of the country. Yeah, uh, uh, to no surprise, uh, uh, it uh, has high prominence in Texas, but it is not exclusive to Texas. And then, what are we? We are looking at what six or seven got, different yep, types. You know, you've got your, a lot of different. Uh, uh, you know, you got your brown tick, your deer ticks. You've got your, your you know uh, Rocky Mountain uh, ticks. But, but yeah, they're. They're, they are throughout the United States uh, and um, throughout the year as well. It's not, uh, um, you know, if you look at their life cycle, uh, they're uh, active uh, throughout the year in various uh, stages. So it's not like it's just a summertime thing or just a, a southern thing. Right. And, and one of the things that freaked me out, I, I just, I don't like ticks anyway. I've come home and pulled off, you know, pulled off my camels or whatever in the field, pulled them off, flipped them inside out. And there's six or seven ticks and, you know, you start freaking out. Um, But it seems like, I don't know if I'm, if I have more eyes on it or or what it is, but I've seen more pictures of, you know, deer running around with just massive tick infections for the lack of a better word. I mean. Oh yeah. No, it's like I said, the uh, tick populations are rising faster than we uh, expected them to. Uh, um, they've more than tripled in the past 14 years. They're uh, um, in all states now. They are uh, at elevations that they previously thought that they couldn't. Surviving temperatures that they previously thought they couldn't. Last year, the you know those polar vortexes that swept through the Midwest, uh, uh, some uh, uh, various uh, organizations, you know, like would, they're like burying uh, tick tubes to see if you know at what temperatures they no longer survived, and they're living through like this negative twenty degree Fahrenheit uh, weather. Um, so uh, it's absolutely uh, um, um, not unheard of uh, for you to. Uh, feel like you're seeing more of this um, uh, than ever thought before. That's part of the reason why uh, um, uh, Lyme needs a higher level of education. It's uh, the most misdiagnosed uh, preventable disease uh, in the U.S. right now. Um, And uh, we are at the cusp of um, it becoming an even far greater issue. And like you said, there's not just like a nuisance of a mosquito. Um, uh, The ticks themselves uh, uh, spur a much greater reaction. And 
So, and if you don't mind touching on it, in my opinion, and I don't think it's just my opinion, but looking at what I've looked at, the mosquitoes are one thing. They're a nuisance. They're in the, like I said earlier, you get that false sense of security. I got a mosquito bite. You know, the percentages are low. But when you look at ticks, it's quite the opposite. So the the level of concern, even though we're not, you know, getting swarmed by them, the level of concern um, and getting our eyes on it and, and our ears open to it should be far greater because the diseases that the ticks spread are far more serious than the mosquito issue we have. Yeah, I think I think you people are more used to mosquitoes. Uh, um, you know, they 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 fly, they bite you, and then they go away. Whereas uh, ticks are you know burrowing into your skin. Uh, um, they are uh, giving you a much uh, different but uh, visual, longer lasting. Uh, um, uh, creating uh, chronic uh, fatigue, uh, uh, vomiting, uh, um, all the way up to, you know, uh, potentially fatal um, um, reactions. So uh, it's, it's, it's absolutely warranted uh, to be uh, concerned about ticks. And, and the one of the, you know, the main disease we hear about with ticks is Lyme disease. Do you have any, any info on the Lyme disease and what that yeah. does and how that affects us? Yeah, absolutely. So that was like I kind of alluded to or mentioned once or twice that we kind of wanted to do a big Lyme education awareness campaign this year. Um, so especially, um, uh, you know, uh, Pennsylvania and the surrounding states where um, Lyme is uh, very uh, prominent, uh, we wanted to help spread and get the word out there. So we've actually even made uh, a landing page on our website, soria.com slash uh, we have a, a variety of resources and infographics. You can learn uh, about the different ways uh, to use the insect repellents. Uh, and you can get more information online itself. Uh, it talks more about to be able to treat the dogs. Uh, it talks more about that alpha-gal syndrome. Um, but yeah, Lyme uh, um, is uh, one of those things that's... Uh, Current doctors, um, what is very common and likely that what they were taught about ticks in line is no longer accurate. And that's becoming part of the problem with uh, the current state of it. People are going to their doctor with Lyme, uh, um, but uh, not getting it accurately diagnosed. So they're getting better and we're not. So we have some catching up to do. Yes. So how do now when we start looking at the topicals and the the repellent right like I know the permethrin um, is you know it's on my gear it's not going to not be on my gear at this point and it's not just the mosquitoes it's these ticks but how do the the lotions and things like that are we preventing those ticks from getting on with the deet and yep so all, all you know all of our topicals uh, in the permethrin are all effective against mosquitoes and ticks uh, um, uh, the permethrin is uh, effective on uh, i think as many as 55 other insects as well um, and then the picaridin uh, is the, was the one that uh, was also effective against biting flies. And that's why I went back to earlier and I was saying we kind of have these variety of options for uh, people depending on their preference, uh, where they're going, what they'll be uh, encountering. Um, uh, uh, a lot of people will prefer the convenience of a spray, but uh, to no surprise, a lotion will typically be more comfortable and long-lasting uh, with a high-quality uh, formula like ours. So, yeah, that makes it makes my skin crawl, man. But it's so it's so important that people are hearing the risk. Well, yeah, and that's it, yeah, and that was part of the reason why you know 
rather than doing some more traditional social media advertising or whatnot, we, we really did want to uh, help get the word out there. So, you know, various, we support a variety of different uh, Lyme education awareness uh, foundations and organizations. And um, uh, we do need to get the word out there more. Um, and, uh, but, um, you know, uh, hopefully with our, the, our, the variety of our various gear and family safe uh, insect repellents and, uh, safe, uh, you know, hunters uh, certainly don't want to be using anything that uh, uh, could give away, uh, spoil their hunt, or certainly not uh, ruin or harm any of their gear and equipment. Um, so having uh, those types of uh, products available uh, can help people get outdoors and stay outdoors. Right. And, but there's a trade-off, right, with what you just said. I mean, to a point, right, we don't, we want no odor, low odor. We, we are supposed to be playing the wind, but you know, in my opinion, I'm not going to risk Lyme disease or, you know, something from a mosquito because I want to be, or I think I'm a hundred percent free. There's at this yeah, point, well, there's no way. Sure. Uh, uh, and uh, I'm sure a lot of people would agree with you. Um, but, uh, you know, you know, that's why, like I said, with that, you know, the permethrin, you can com- confidently go out and where are, you know, your permethrin tr- uh, shoot, you know, if you're walking through the woods, um, uh, you know, uh, on your way to the deer stand or sitting in your deer stand, uh, you know, that permethrin odorless treatment, you don't have to worry about it, uh, you know, whether you're on the move or, you know, uh, compared to uh, some other uh, alternative options, um, you know, you don't have to worry about batteries or whether it's windy. Um, uh, but uh, even on top of, uh, you know, just the nuisance, we, uh, not having ticks or mosquitoes crawling on you right around when you're about to take the shot can make a significant factor above and beyond even just the enjoyment factor. (laughs) So you just said something. Um, This goes back to kind of idiot I am sometimes. So one of the things I used to do before I learned about you guys is, you know, I'd be in the woods and I'd be scouting and, you know, we'd get on a deer or something and I would stand there and I'd be filming or taking a picture and I, and I've done it fairly recently and I'm filming, I'm going, okay, I'm going to just let these guys bite all over me, crawl all over me, land on, because when it's time to draw my bow back or be behind my scope, I want to make sure that I'm not flinching and, you know, going mm-hmm. crazy. Sure. <laughs> um, bad, bad. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's, that's part of the reason why uh, the permethrin is such a fantastic choice. Uh, um, you know, uh, uh, whether you're uh, up in the stand or walking through the brush, whether it's a windy day or whether it's a perfectly still day, uh, you want to make sure you know that this, uh, uh, whatever you're keeping you protected and uh, hopefully um, um, uh, allowing you to do exactly what you set out there to do. So uh, the one thing, and I haven't looked at it much, so I'm going to hundred percent rely on you and I just pulled it up on the page, but you guys have, uh, your first aid products that you mentioned earlier. So what are the offerings in first aid that you guys are? Yeah. So, um, uh, um, our, our, the first products we ever sold the extractor, that's our snake bite venom removal kit. Uh, it's kind of one of those things that we, uh, hope, uh, uh people carry with them, but don't have to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, uh, creates a uh, vacuum and, uh, um, uh, helps, uh, the sooner you can get that on, the sooner you can get the, uh, toxin, whether it's a, a snake bite, uh, a, a scorpion bite, uh, bee stings, wasp stings, anytime you can get that, uh, uh those toxins or venom or whatever out, uh, the sooner the better. And, uh, uh certainly, um, improve your chances of, uh, of, uh, 
surviving, um, you know, underweight of medical attention, depending on the severity of the bites and certainly always with uh, uh, snake bites. Um, uh, but then we also have, um, uh, are you familiar with Sam splints? Yes. So uh, we work with Sam Medical to uh, expand uh, the uh, Sam splints. Those are basically those uh, bendable uh, uh, splints that you can use in a variety of different applications. Uh, we also um, uh, offer you know some of their blister prevention, um, um, and then our sunscreen is the other uh, big, uh, the last category. And we have a, a very comfortable, long-lasting, uh, breathable uh, bonding base sunscreen and uh, uh, it bonds deeper in the skin than a lot of the other uh, sunscreens out there and that's how it can uh, be both effective but also still much more breathable than uh, a lot of the other stuff out there you broke up one second you said a polymer base um the polymer base is controlled release the uh the sunscreen is a bonding base oh, okay okay that's where you broke up i, I couldn't tell gotcha. you said there. yeah you just uh, uh confusing me for a second but Sorry yes about that. uh yeah no bonding base formula so it goes deeper in the skin uh, um uh, uh, which uh, makes it very comfortable and effective so then oh then you guys you didn't talk about these and these are these are a hunter's best friend in a lot of instances man the blisto band um, yes. So those the blister bands, those uh, things that basically uh, create an artificial blister. Um, so let's say you're breaking in some new boots or maybe you're out and about and uh, um, you're getting uh, some rubbing uh, in the area. Um, uh, so you can basically uh, put one of these on and it uh, um, uh, creates an artificial blister on top of that hot spot. So you don't actually end up getting a blister. So what would be the difference in using that versus like a, a moleskin, right? Because that's typically what you see most guys running. Yeah, so um, uh, moleskins are kind of like uh, what you will do uh, after you already have an issue. Uh, these blister bands are perfect uh, for uh, whether you're breaking in some new boots or um, uh, maybe um, uh, you're one step ahead of it, you know, whether it's uh, uh, what you're carrying or um, you're going downhill on these hikes a lot more or where you're uh, scouting. And so uh, you're getting uh, a rubbing on the outside of your, your right foot where you're not used to. Um, uh, this would just uh, uh, be a, a more effective alternative to that. So if you got it, so I, I've, you know, been running a new pair of boots and I've been doing for whatever reason, a ton of downhill um, and I have a known hot spot. So this would be, what I would do the next time I go in the field to avoid yeah. getting that, that blister that's yeah. reoccurred, you know, two, three times. Yeah. I'm happy to send you some so you can try them out. Heck yeah. They would, uh, they'd have been a lifesaver two weeks ago. I hunt in temperatures that uh, most people think I'm stupid about 106 degrees, 112. Um, that's hot. And, and it's funny. And I, I've seen an effect. Um, when the temperatures are up and my boots are, uh, uh, my feet are hot, my boots are getting hot, even with thinner socks, I've, it seems that that heat brings up, I don't know why the, it brings up hot spots even more. Um, yeah. and I'm not sure why it does it. I don't know the, the science behind it. I'm not sure if it's, you know, capillaries, you know, getting smaller or something with the heat. I'm, I'm not quite sure, but yeah. Huh, yeah. No, I'd be uh, curious to, uh, uh, learn more about that as well. Yeah something else so <clears throat> where can we direct folks um to learn more about uh all these sawyer products 
Um, yeah, um, um, uh, Sawyer.com is our uh, main website. Uh, um, uh, and uh, if people want uh, more information about Lime specifically, uh, we have that short link, Sawyer.com slash Lime. Um, uh, so they'll take them directly to that Lime landing page that has a lot of other great resources. Um, and then if people want to learn more about our international programs, uh, they can uh, check those out at international.sawyer.com. And they can learn more about uh, those uh, studies in Fiji. Uh, they can also learn more about Liberia, which I didn't really get to talk about. But basically, Liberia will be the first uh, developing country certified border to border to have clean water uh, uh, with uh, partial help due uh, to our soil bucket filters. Wow, that's awesome, man. Um, it yeah, not to sound cliche, but good on Sawyer for that. That that impact for for. A, a business to look at that. And I'm sure that there is little to no money in making those impacts. That's huge. In my opinion, when companies say for the betterment of mankind, for, you know, for, yeah. for people, we're going to do this. I mean, that's a big, big deal. Yeah, uh, we agree. And we appreciate that. And, you know, we, uh, if I didn't say it earlier, we feel very uh, lucky and fortunate to be able to, be able to not only provide these products that can, you know, help people uh, stay protected domestically or as they travel, but uh, uh, the fact that these products can go on to make even more uh, long-lasting and impactful uh, changes in these people's daily lives uh, overseas is uh, something that we uh, don't take lightly. Right. The folks that don't have the options that we have, right? They don't have a choice. Correct. Yeah. We, yeah. No, we're... Yeah, so uh, um, uh, uh, this seems as good of a time as ever to say whether you know whether people are buying our insect repellents or our water filters, they're you know uh, helping us grow those programs. So uh, uh, thank you to anyone who has uh, purchased any sort of products in the past, and uh, uh, certainly thank you to uh, anyone who is interested now. And so, since social media is such a a, a big thing, um, you guys are on yeah. the majors there. Yes, yeah, so we have. You're just giving me all the T-balls. Uh, so uh, uh, our standard account uh, uh, at all, all, all the social media platforms uh, uh, besides Facebook is at Sawyer Products. And then on Instagram, we actually even have an, out, uh, an outdoorsman-specific page. So uh, Sawyer underscore Sportsman's is a little bit more of a uh, tailored uh, content for uh, uh, fishing, hunting, and other outdoor-related uh, content. And, and another thing I will say good on Sawyer for is... Hunting takes a, has an ugly face to a lot of people. Not, you know, not a lot of people agree with it, but the fact, in my opinion, and this is a hunting podcast, the fact that Sawyer is backing what we do, um, I'm going to say I appreciate the heck out of it. Um, you know, just in this space that we're in nowadays, you don't, you don't get it a lot. We use a lot of products that won't even, that know that they're, supporting hunting but won't even mention it so yeah greatly appreciate that oh yeah absolutely our pleasure uh um and to, um uh, i guess uh, i can also uh, in closing say that you know we're available amazon bass pro cabela's dick's sporting goods bernard's uh moose jaw rei walmart uh, and a variety of other stores so uh, we have a where to buy page on our website you can put in your zip code and see whether you have a little mom and pop shop near you or some other uh, uh, shop that's uh, uh, close by that you'd like to stop by. We have, uh, um, uh, we're very fortunate to have the uh, online and in-store distribution that we've uh, been able to get thus far. And stellar customer service, 
in terms of, hey, I have a question. I think it took less than 24 hours when I shot a couple of texts. Um, well, we appreciate that. And we certainly, uh, we're a smaller uh, family-owned company. We certainly uh, do our best to uh, 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 maintain good customer service and get back to people as soon as we can. Well, Travis, uh, I appreciate your time greatly. Um, it was great to hear more, learn more, and get some, you know, get some information out to the folks uh, about Sawyer, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us on. Uh, uh, don't ever hesitate to reach out if you have any more questions or comments, or if anyone listening has any other questions or comments, we'd uh, uh, love to talk with you guys as well. Thank you. Head over to Sawyer.com for the full line of products. You can follow Sawyer Sportsman on Instagram at Sawyer underscore Sportsman. Thank you for listening. Follow and tag us on Instagram at Western Contours. Jump on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down. Hey, everyone. This is Andrew with Sasquatch Fuel. If you're heading into the backcountry this season and you need some meals that don't bog you down, Check out SasquatchFuel.com. Our 100% compostable packaging was designed to combat litter in the backcountry. For more information on conservation in action, head to SasquatchFuel.com. Hey guys, enter code WESTERNCONTOURS at checkout and save a few bucks off your order.